Good morning. Bang, bang. There's been a lot of talk recently about the issues across the United States. We've seen incompetent leadership at the local, state, and federal level. This weakness was exposed first by the virus, then the economic shock, and finally by the handling of police brutality. But is the United States really spiraling into demise, or are we simply seeing a repeat of history that is less concerning when you understand our past? To answer this question, we must first ask ourselves, what does the demise of a country actually look like? There are many opinions on how nation states spiral into obscurity or ruin, but one of the best explanations I have heard comes from Yuri Beznova, a former Russian KGB official who defected to the United States. In this television interview from 1985, Bezvanov explains that there are four main steps to ideological subversion. This subversion is defined as actions designed to undermine the military, economic, psychological, or political strength or morale of a governing authority, or the undermining or detachment of the loyalties of significant political and social groups within the victimized state, and therefore transference under ideal conditions to the symbols and institutions of the aggressor. The four main steps to ideological subversion, according to Bezvanov, are first, demoralization. This process can take 15 to 20 years, approximately a generation, and involves the intellectual reprogramming of young people to become sympathetic to ideas that gravitate closer to socialism and communism. The idea is to cement ethos, ideals, and frameworks into the minds of people who will one day become the leaders of a nation's government, corporations, and military. As this new generation begins to take leadership roles, the older generation begins to cede control to a subset of the population that has different ideas. Two, destabilization. This stage of the process is intended to change a country's economy, foreign relations, and defense systems. The driving force is a larger and larger government, which continues to promise a variety of social welfare benefits. It ultimately doesn't matter if they successfully deliver on their promises, because the mere promise of a stronger social safety net becomes too much for the demoralized generation to resist. 3. Crisis. This stage is the shortest in terms of timeline, meaning it could be merely weeks long. There's a catastrophic event that takes place and leads to social unrest dividing the nation. The division of the population presents an opportunity for a significant shift in power and control at the government level. Past examples would include the overthrowing of the government in Egypt and Libya in the last decade. Fourth, normalization. This is the final stage of the cycle. It is the process of citizens accepting communism, socialism as the selected way of life. They no longer fight the new model, but rather believe that it is the standard of governance for everyone around the world. There are people much smarter than me who will spend their time debating which stage of demise the United States is currently in. That holds little to none of my interest. Instead, I am intrigued by two questions. One, has there been an ideological shift in Americans' mindsets over the last few decades? And two, what can we do to prevent the downfall of our country? The first question is actually the easier of the two. We can look to the last four to five months as an example of how our mindset has shifted. The United States, along with the rest of the world, was hit with the coronavirus. Our reaction was to attempt to prevent every single death in the population. This reaction was driven from the top down and saw citizens succumbing to a government that violated the Constitution on multiple occasions. You can see examples of Supreme Court state rulings here and here. On the economic front, most of the capitalists on Wall Street turned out to be socialists. They immediately ran to the government and began demanding bailouts within days of the government-mandated shutdown being put in place. These people included investors, corporate executives, television talking heads, and politicians. It seemed like everyone saw the government as a free money tree, and they wanted a piece. There was no outcry when the government interfered in the markets, nor was there an uproar when circuit breakers were tripping multiple times a day. The era of a capitalist, 
free market in America are long gone. Lastly, the recent violation of civil liberties has occurred with relatively little pushback. We have seen everything from curfews implemented to quell the freedom of assembly to armed men and women of the government being beating unarmed citizens in the streets. There has been a complete breakdown in the adherence to the United States Constitution, including employees of the state applauding their colleagues as they get criminally charged for felony assault. In my opinion, it would be safe to argue that there has been an ideological shift in the American population. It is unclear when this shift started, but the response to the recent health, economic, and civil liberties crisis proves that the United States is less democratic, free, and capitalist than it once was. Which brings us to the most important question, what can we do about it? The simple answer is education. In Yuri Beznovov's interview from 1985, he states that the two solutions lie in educating our nation on the importance and advantage of a free capitalist society, while also cutting off all economic relationships with communist or socialist nations. He talks about suffocating these countries with ideological variants by cutting them off from the global economy and forcing them into a world of self-sufficiency. I don't think it is possible to cut economic ties with these economic giants in the day and age of the internet. There's too much complexity. We are also highly dependent on our trading partners, which was revealed during the coronavirus outbreak. Instead of focusing on the second solution, we should double and triple down on the first, education. The information diet of our young people is essential to ensuring the continuation of ideals and ethos of the American way of life. We must teach them what it means to be free. We must show them what happens to a country when it transitions to communism and or socialism. There has to be an education around the suffering of citizens in other countries after these transitions take place. Young people must be taught that standing up for freedom, democracy, capitalism, and civil liberties is not only important work, but it is their duty as American citizens. This sounds like an ideological education, right? It is. The internet has presented the ultimate gift and curse. It has ushered in an era where ideas compete in a free market. There's very little censorship on the internet, and if you want to learn something, it is usually at your fingertips. That means that the ideologies that we want our children to possess must be taught with as much enthusiasm and excitement as the ideas being taught by those who want to see a different world. Yuri Bezvanov highlighted the importance of the ideological battle between democracy and communism, the battle between capitalism and socialism. He said that there is nowhere else to defect to. America is the last democratic capitalist society. We should make sure we don't ruin the great thing that we have. That's it for today. Before I let you go, though, I want to quickly talk about Masterworks. $100 million. That's how much hedge fund titan Ken Griffin paid for Jean-Michel Basquette's 1982 canvas, Boy and Dog, in a Johnny Pump this week. Because when it comes to investing in art, there's no limit to how much the best examples by the most famous artists can return. I've been super interested in the private art market, and I've partnered with Masterworks, which is the only platform where you can buy shares of multi-million dollar A-plus paintings by artists such as Warhol, Monet, Besquet, and more. They've made it as easy as trading stocks, and if you ask, act fast, you can skip their 25,000-person waitlist by clicking on the link in the email. Simply by reading this and clicking that link, you get to skip the whole waitlist. So go check out Masterworks through that link, and let me know what you think. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.